When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Hello everyone, Shannon Garcia getting you ready for our week one exit interviews for Australian Survivor Heroes vs. Villains. Very, very grateful to Channel 10 for giving us the exit interviews again this season and to have exit interviews off the bat is a great thing as well. Just a note that we don't have a chat with Jackie. I think she just wanted to kind of step away from the whole experience, which is completely understandable. Our hearts go out to her. We are thinking about her. I've reached out to her personally as well. So just go send Jackie all the love. If, the, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, what should I do right now? I'm on my phone anyway. Go send some love to Jackie because I just feel horrible about what happened to her. But we do have chats with the three boots from this week. So first up, you will not be hearing me. You will be hearing the dulcet tones of Mike Bloom talking to Anjali. Mike is going to be stepping in for me when I'm unavailable to do the exits due to filming the Talking Tribal or work. It's a crazy couple of months. So I'm really, really grateful that we have great Mike Bloom filling in for some of these exit interviews. Obviously, he does exits for Parade for US Survivor. He's done Survivor South Africa for RHAP. And now he's doing Australian Survivor. Get the trifecta. And then also... He does, you know, all the reality show X interviews. So we're very, very lucky to have him. Then I'll be chatting to Michael and Mimi, and you'll hear it in that order. So thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed these exits. Remember to check out my recap with Marianne, which should be up maybe now if you're listening, or at least shortly. So hope you enjoy these exits, and I will see you on the other side.
All right, I am so excited to be talking with, unfortunately, the first boot of Australian Survivor, Heroes versus Villains, Anjali. But first question I have to ask is, how are you doing right now? I, I can imagine it's been a bit of an experience having to get to watch yourself on TV, but also having to relive, you know, becoming the first boot of a Survivor season. Um, yes, it was difficult. But, but when the boss of the whole thing tells you that you are the greatest first boot in Australian Survivor history, kind of goes, you know what? I did everything I had to do and I did it in one episode very efficiently. Interesting. Talk to me about when did that come up? Was this as soon as you stepped off the gangplank? They said, all right, I've got some good news for you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yes. So um, our EP was not pleased, shall we say? Um, that it was me because that was not meant to be how things rolled. Um, but he was just like, you know, you were the most brilliant first boot in Australian Survivor history. Um, the edit is going to be very kind to you. <laughs> Do you agree with those assessments after watching it last night? I love my edit. I thought it was fantastic. I'm not somebody who would ever moan about how I end up on the cutting room floor. I know exactly what I say. I know exactly what I do. And I own all of it. The difficult thing is hearing what other people say about you. That's right. like, oh my God, but it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Um, so no, I was really, really pleased with, with how I was um, portrayed. And look, to be honest, it was the Angeli show. <laughs> well, let's start with, how Australian Survivor transformed into the Anjali show in the first place. As you said, no stranger to the camera, no stranger to reality TV even. What was it that got you to Samoa in the first place? Was it a sense of competition, a sense to engage a new part of yourself, the promise of being a villain? Why did you end up wearing that purple buff at the end of the day? Um, because I am not somebody who says no to any opportunity. Um, you know, if it comes my way and, you know, I think, oh my God, I don't know if I should do that. I'm really scared. So just do it scared. That's how I've operated in my entire career since I was, you know, 22 and deciding to put myself out there and do whatever it took to be, you know, a huge global news anchor. And um, I'm, I'm not going to ever stop being that way. Um, you know, it's like my mum it's kind of the opposite. Like she'll always say, Oh no, Angie, you shouldn't do that. Like, um, don't forget the first rule of wing walking, which is, you know, like those old timey guys who used to go out onto mm -hmm. the wing of the plane and you can't take one step without making sure that the next one is very secure. Well, if I thought mm -hmm. that way, I would still be writing for the Hong Kong shipping Gazette. So, um, you know, but my dad always said opportunity looks much bigger going than coming. I don't want to be that person who says no to an opportunity and then sits there going, what if I'd have just said yes? And it was the same thing with housewives as well. Cause you know, they came off to me super hard. It's not something I ever thought of for myself, you know, the same as survivor, but there were very different experiences, obviously like one I loathed and one I loved. Um, so, and I think we all know which one that was. <laughs> when it came to your own preparation, had you seen a lot of Survivor ahead of time and how much did that mix in with this idea that you were also playing alongside and also against some of these people that were on previous seasons? So I hadn't watched a lot of Survivor um, back in the day when it first came out um, in the States, like 23 years ago. Mm -hmm. I, I watched that season because, you know, it was this bizarre social experiment that had never been done before. And 
you know, I love the fact that I never forgot the name of the person who won. It was Richard Hatch. Yeah. And he was born on April the 8th. I too was born on April the 8th. Oh. So thinking, this is the universe trying to tell me something. And the universe was telling me something that I would have the exact opposite experience. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, the universe is a funny bitch. So um, I just, I hadn't watched a lot of it, but I, Australian Survivor, I really, I couldn't turn off season four. That was mm. just incredible. Um, and I get the impression that that was so successful that they sort of, they wanted to try to emulate that sort of thing again, which is why they cast the way that they did um, with half of us as returning players and half of us as, as new ones. Um, so I definitely recognize certain people there. And that recognition is, is it's scary. And people rec- recognize me from housewives and things like that. I'm sure they thought, what the hell is she doing here? And where are her sequins? Um, but yeah, just the most incredible experience. And to see those other people do what they do is just beyond impressive. Like you can't help but go, damn, you're good. Let's talk about this no opportunity wasted perspective. As you go wing walking off the plane, <laughs> in a manner of speaking, you're given this offer as a tribe, right? Okay, we can call a mulligan, call this a wash, and just walk back to camp, or we can read the votes right now. And you seemed Totally on cloud nine, no regrets in those final words. How are you feeling about it now? When you were given the opportunity, did you get a sense at all that you would be getting any votes, let alone the vast majority of them? Um, thank you for putting it that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually did because, you know, George and Jackie, my wonderful double safety blanket, mm were both so inconsiderate as to end up hideously maimed in hospital, leaving me <laughs> completely exposed, standing on that beach in front of everybody, essentially wearing no knickers. So that is, I kind of thought, ah, they all think that I'm super close to George and Jackie, so I'm just the easiest one to get out. But if they had been there, even if one of them had been there, there's no way that vote would have happened the way that it did. But when it came down to the end of it and choosing whether to read the votes or not, um, you know, I was the one who persuaded all of them to have the votes read out because, mm. because we're villains. We leave the boring, safe option to the heroes. But we take risks, no matter how dangerous. So I thought, you know, even Jonathan Pollitt said to me, but Angela, what if it's you? <laughs> and I just said, look, we're here to do TV. Let's make some damn good TV, some great drama. And if it's me, the bigger the drama. So come on then, let's just do it. But it still is really painful and it still is a shock when you see your name on those bits of card and it's worse when you see how they spelled my name i don't even yes. know that i did get voted out seriously <laughs> it's like i mean i'm sorry to sound like donald trump but honestly i demand a recount i call fraud 98 percent of them spelt my name like a complete train wreck <laughs> That's yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much voter fraud will get you in terms of claims on Survivor. But I know, uh, I know. I should have just told them how to spell my name in the beginning. It's like spell it like this: S T E V I E. Exactly. It's pronounced <laughs> differently, but that's fine. It's the British way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
that entire afternoon, because you said you had a feeling it would be you due to, again, the, the double security blanket being gone. What was the afternoon like? We certainly saw some scrambling happening. I know that Simon approached you right with the Stevie plan and you said, I mean, I don't feel great about it, but I'll, I'll suppose it's better than nothing. What what was your temperature of the beach during, over the course of that afternoon once you knew you were going to tribal? Um, it was a really weird vibe. Um, I think it probably always would have been because, you know, people just having their little chats and you don't know whether you're the topic of those chats or whatever, um, because we're villains and we can't be trusted. So, um, but I think also seeing what happened to our two tribe mates um, really shook people up. And I think it probably mm. shook people up on the Heroes Tribe as well, because it was, it was, it was a shock and it was, um, you know, just a horrible thing to happen to these two people. So it was a very strange, quiet, sort of surreal feeling on that beach and just counting down the minutes until we went to tribal. Um, and then, of course, you get to tribal and everybody was like, well, this sucks. I was like, are you kidding? This is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> when it came to these returning players, we mentioned them before, George and Jackie seemed like it was a literal day one connection. What was it? Was it a similar mentality? Did you know of like the stuff they had done beforehand? What made you form such a tight trio so early on? So it was really lovely that the two of them decided between themselves in my absence that they were going to support me and that we would form this alliance. And of course, that meant a huge amount to me when I found out because they're super powerful and they've done this before. And, you know, why me? So um, I instantly formed a bond with George, because he's just so balls out, funny. He's brilliant. Um, I loved his gameplay in um, Brains versus Brawn. Um, Jackie and I immediately formed our bond, I think, because we were the, um, you know, the older ladies. <laughs> um, and you know, when they said to me, which wasn't shown, they said, look, just so you know, in this game, it's always the older woman who gets voted out first. And I thought, gosh, how fascinating. Why are you telling me that? <laughs> oh, right. right. Is there I mean, someone I, behind me that you're referring to that I didn't realize? <laughs> I mean, I am going to be 50 next year. I do have to remember that. But um, <laughs> so we did. Um, we did have this happy little bond, and I think it probably um, was a real threat to the others. So you know, George mm -hmm. and Jackie gone. Um, who's who's the obvious one? It's just like, oh, the older woman goes out first. Stevie Wonder could see the injustice in that. <laughs> what about the other villains, either newbie or returnee? Were there any other significant relationships that you had made during your time in the game? Um, so I really, really liked Sarah. She, mm. um, she was, I feel like you're going to be my mom in this game. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, if I had a super tall, blonde, white daughter, <laughs> it would be you. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's a great girl and she she is a very selfless person she actually does a lot for charity in her um, normal daily life and I've got a huge amount of respect for her I really really like her um, it is quite hard not to like Simon although he's oh my god just like I loves himself um, <laughs> seriously, you know I'm so surprised that Simon told us that he had just gotten married at the time I thought I, that's wonderful, but I just, how is it possible that, that that could be? Because there is nobody 
on the planet who could ever love Simon as much as Simon loves Simon. Oh my God. <laughs> He's actually a really lovely, caring, warm guy, um, which I found out since the game. He's always mm. checking on me and um, just a really, really nice, nice person. What is something that we as viewers did not get to see from your time in Samoa? Something you wish the audience had been able to see? I wish that more had been made of me persuading the rest of the tribe to read the votes because it went on for a long time. And um, you know, Jonathan was definitely trying to talk me out of it. Um, and there were just some really amusing moments in there. So I wish mm. that more of that had, had been shown. But um, yeah, no, look, I, I absolutely loved um, my edit. I was really, really pleased with with how it came out. And, um, you know, it's like George might be um, the Macedonian messiah, but I am the empress of the edit and it's TV. Oh, there <laughs> we go. And at the end of the day, the edit wins out overall. Absolutely. Well, the last thing I want to ask is you seemed to the points you made before by far like the most bloodthirsty villain of the entire tribe. You said coming in, you want to be the biggest, baddest villain. You were talking about hunting down these heroes on the mat alongside them. What was the general mood like at the villains camp, though? Because there is this really interesting theme where you have 12 people essentially being labeled right as villains, both in and out of the game. Was everyone as gung-ho about playing this role as you were? Or to, I guess, uh, the points you had made earlier about convincing everyone to go ahead with the vote, were they trying to step back and say, I don't think I'm the villain? Did they cast the wrong person for this? Yeah, so a few of the villains didn't like the way that they were cast. They would have much preferred to be heroes. It much was more suited to their characters, I suppose. Um, me, I was the perfect villain. I was always going to be a villain. When I was told that, you know, oh, the season's heroes versus villains, first thing I said was, don't you dare make me a hero. <laughs> no way. Um, so... Um, no, I was really, really pleased about that. I think I was probably the most bloodthirsty, as you say, one out there, which also made me a bigger threat to to the rest of them. Because um, I think it was fairly obvious that as a journalist, you don't get to where I am without, you know, running with the foxes and hunting with the hounds. If you want to get the best interview out of somebody, you've got to play both sides. And I was absolutely delighted to do that. I think that others were a bit scared about it and being cast as the villain, you're automatically supposed to be playing that evil part. Well, for me, it's not playing a part. It's literally who I am. So <laughs> I, was, I was thrilled to be a villain and just sad that it ended so early thanks to those treacherous little ferrets. Well, better earlier than not at all. And that being said, I know you were the first pancake in the bin, but we're happy to have eaten breakfast in the first place. Uh, truly, I think what you were able to bring in this first episode, like you said, we saw a lot of you. And to see you enjoying yourself so much, it was really palpable from our perspective, especially up against some like very scary things happening to, unfortunately, your other two allies in the game. Uh, it was really nice to see you get to, to truly try to take this game by the horns, however short it may be. So thank you for, you know, taking on a brand new experience and, and trying on this hat and seeing if it fit. Thank you very much indeed. Don't get me wrong. I was very sad last night watching the episode and I was crying into my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Those backstabbing bastards. Don't worry. I'll get there you go. 
buff and tissue to symbolize how Anjali feels perhaps about the villains that she left behind. Well, I'm going to let you go. You got a lot of other stuff to get to, I'm sure, interviews and otherwise. But thank you so much again for taking the time to talk with me and all the best to you and yours. An absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I hope to talk to you again. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Michael, thank you so much for coming on to Rob Has a Podcast. I'm so sorry to see you go. I was picking up that you really care about the show and, you know, maybe are even a fan, which is maybe a rare thing maybe to say with some only, of the, only for, the past, only for the past 20 years, Shannon. Um, yeah. yeah. I know I'm just I'm shocked because it's just such a rarity, I think, for some of the, the casting that we have. I actually even had a question for you. I noticed that you said sucking kneecaps. Was there I knew, any... I knew, bring, I knew, I knew you'd bring that up, Shannon. Was there a reason for that, possibly? Well, I know that you're looking for the Rob Sesterino, um reference there, Shannon, but um, <laughs> where I'm from, it just, I mean, it essentially means that I refuse to suck up or be anybody else. Um, to get votes. So sucking kneecaps is just a term where I was raised that we use, but I also realized that in survivor terms, it's yeah. also been raised in the past. Wow. I mean, the fact that you would even know that is yeah. any Trust me, I, know more than, I know more than what you probably, probably realize. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I love that. And I'm so sad that someone who cares that much about the show would have an early exit. So I just wanted to ask you, um, firstly, you know, about some of the relationships that you had we, you talk about the four amigos, but I think we saw some of that complexity like early on with Geordie and maybe later on with Simon. So can you talk about those relationships, particularly with Geordie, Simon, and then Stevie as well? Sure. Um, it's important to have context. So essentially, Shannon, when I was out there, I just wanted to see who I naturally gravitated to and who gravi- gravitated towards me. Simon and I pretty much just hit it off in the blink of an eye. Like I knew he felt solid to me. He felt solid. If I felt that he had depth. So I just knew that he was someone that shared a similar mindset in regards to how he wanted to play the game. He wanted to be bold, daring, and he wanted George out just like I did. So we hit it off. Jordan, Geordie, you know, two-camera Geordie, different person on camera, different person off it. Very hard to get a read on on Geordie. So he was not someone that I wanted, like, it's well and good to say four amigos, but he wasn't someone that I – I could see myself wanting to play with, and I didn't think that he could win the game. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to work with him. But it was just 
initially I needed his number to get George out. Steve, Steve's a bit different. Um, you know, I felt like I was sitting in a situation of the karate kid, you know, I had this old 62-year-old guy. I felt like Daniel Sun, you know, like I, I had a lot of respect for Steve as an older person playing the game. I respected him for that. He was also a gentle human, and I love that about him. Um, so I've got I, what it didn't show is I got very, very close to Steve. I've bonded very well with Steve. And then um, but I knew when it came to the crunch, Steve didn't have the unfortunately didn't have the intestinal fortitude to kind of um save my bacon out there as much as what I needed. So there's there's a quick wrap-up of the, of that dynamic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we see you talk to like Shawnee, we see you pretty much talking to everyone. Were there other key yeah. relationships outside of those guys that were really important to you there? Um no, basically, like I didn't go out, Shannon, for Instagram followers. I went out to play Survivor, and when I heard the girls talking about how much how much their their Instagram followers would increase by playing Survivor and what that meant for their careers, I switched. I just they're not play from that moment. They're not players I wanted to play with. I want to play with players who love the game, who are there for Survivor, not for anything else than that. So, in terms of other relationships, um, you know, I didn't want Liz and. Um, Sarah, Mimi, they just weren't my type of people. Mimi was too salty. Sarah was just in a different planet. Um, George, I want I wanted Gorn. And Shawnee, Shawnee um, was, you know, is not someone you can trust. And I knew that she was hiding behind George. And, you know, what for, for however long she was hiding behind George, I knew that um, that meant danger to me because Shawnee wouldn't vote out George and I wanted him gone. If I had George out like I had in the first episode within a whisker, then Shawnee would have been on the next plane back to Australia after him. Yeah, you mentioned George. Obviously, it's such a big part of your story. What was it about George? Was that something that you came into the season with? Like, oh, I mean, when you, I guess, see him on the mat, is that something that you're thinking about, obviously, having watched his season? Or did it kind of progress through the time you were there? But what set you so much on, on needing George out? I like. I haven't watched Australian Survivor. I, I've only watched the first two seasons. I watched US Survivor. But I knew coming into the series that this is someone um, that had gone deep, had gone deep last season. I knew that. So I said, right, who's the biggest person I can take take out in this game? That was George. So, and I'm not going to, I didn't want to let him get momentum, Shannon, or get any power in that game. I wanted to take him out before he got me. I, I, I wanted to dictate things, not him. And like the, like the producers said, I had him on the plane. He was done. He was gone until he got, come back and got the sympathy vote. But in terms of what, what it was about him, you know, in the lead up to the game, there's things that he did I didn't like the way he spoke to people or um, the the way he the way he didn't follow the rules that we were told we had to follow. Just different things that he, he, he you know he's a rule unto himself, and I I just that doesn't roll well with me. If we all have to, if we're all set rules, you have to follow them, and he didn't. Um, so as of when I was out there and I saw him, like he was my target, and I wasn't going to veer away from that, Shannon. For sure, like we saw you having a lot of those conversations. Obviously, it changes when he goes out medically and then he comes back what do you feel that you were specifically doing to get the vote onto him maybe things that we didn't even see although i think we did see the first episode you yeah, just throughout episode? yeah just just well you the saw i mean the, the the exact moment shannon i hit the sand i was i spoke to nearly um seven or eight people at the like straight away who who verbally to me shared the same opinion about george you know liz fraser um, Mimi, Geordie, Stevie, Simon, myself. So that I had about eight people who had committed to me verbally that, Michael, make it happen and do it. So what's important to note, Shannon, is that I had 
That's so I had verbally they had verbally committed to me. So therefore, I believed them. And um, I the consensus at the camp was he was done. He was cooked. Um, but like you know, and he was on the plane back to Australia. If he wasn't injured, he was going home. Um, and that's that's just that's just the reality of it. Whether people believe that or not, that's the reality. Um, and then once he got back, he played the sympathy vote. Um, he got tighter with the girls, played the sympathy vote. Um, Shawnee, when when George wasn't there, Shawnee felt very exposed, and she knew that she was in trouble. So, because um, I like I mentioned that I want she was she was going home, but when George got back, Shawnee, you know, used him as a shield, hid behind him. Shawnee brought in Liz. Liz brought in Mimi and Sarah. Um, Steve had Steve was this all over the place. Geordie, again, vague as hell. And then Simon, at the very last moment, had to change, uh, had to break whatever alliance we had. And no hard feelings. That's the game. And people have to do what they do for themselves. And no hard feelings, you know. So that's the way it played out. For sure. I mean, with with Anjali going home in that first vote, where did you sit on that being like the backup plan to obviously George being out and that being your original intention? Was that the vote that you would have wanted to go with? Good, good question. Um, Anjali was dead wood. Um, she wasn't contributing anything. Um, challenges, she was a, a liability. Um, and just, you know, she was struggling. Like what the cameras didn't show is she was a mess behind the scenes. So in hindsight, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I need Shawnee. Like I need to get Shawnee out of here. Um, Anjali can go home anytime. She's not going to win. Like I can get her out anytime. But Shawnee... I needed her gone. So, but just for that moment, it was such an easy thing to do. Um, Angelique can go. But in my mind, like I said to Simon, we need to look at Shawnee. But Simon didn't want a returnee player going. So I would I wouldn't have won that vote. I wouldn't have won that. I, I didn't have the numbers to send Shawnee home um instead of Angelique's, unfortunately. And then where did you sit on the controversial decision to read the votes at that point when Angelie had been I, look, voted out? Controversial is a loose term. I, I, I couldn't care less. Like for me, it was one less person I had to think or worry about. Angelie was dead wood. So I just, look, I'm on Survivor, Shannon, to vote people out and to send people home and play the game. That's what I'm there for, Shannon. I'm not there to, I'm not there for followers, for fame. Oh my God. Um, so I just wanted someone to go home. And if it's not Shawnee and George, Angelique can hit the roads. That it, it was just inconsequential to me. Yeah. I, well, I mean, controversial in terms of maybe the way the fans seen it. It was a big decision to to give you guys to decide. It was, to an, vote. It, it was, it was, it was an easy one. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like everyone was very much on board with it. So for sure. And it, and it obviously allows you to, to send Angelique out of the game. With your tribal council, the one where you go home, where did you perceive it? kind of really turning it seemed at tribal council like is that where you thought do you think that the the building blocks were put beforehand and why do you think that kind of domino effect happened because it really did seem like it was going to be george and at at a point possibly a tribal possibly before and then into tribal something shifts like where's your perception of why that's happening and where um tv is a funny thing shannon but t the in tv land it may have been it may have been it may have looked like george was going home in that second tribal that wasn't the case, Shannon. I knew that I was in serious trouble, not George. Um, where did I see it shift? It shifted when I wouldn't leave, I wouldn't talk to people about Instagram on the island. I, it, it shifted when I wouldn't talk to Mimi or Sarah or others about facial routines. Like I didn't take I didn't feel the need nor the want to make those connections with those girls. Like to me, they were inconsequential. So 
Um, I hadn't built when the cameras go away at night and you're sitting there and everyone's talking about different things and stuff like I don't force myself upon anyone. Like I just let friendships happen and whatever comes, comes. And I, I knew the vibe. What I, I felt the vibe, Shen. I knew the vibe was that I was starting to, you know, not be an outcast, but just not, not, I wasn't interested in the fake stuff they were talking about. So heading into that tribal, I'd search for an idol for hours, even though I didn't show it. I did. And um, going into that tribal, my only play, Shen, was to call George out, rightfully, for failing, embarrassingly, regarding the puzzle, which he did. And so when I called George out, he didn't like it. He didn't, he didn't like feeling exposed, being exposed, having someone to have, to have the courage to call him out. He didn't like that. So he resorts to personal personal wax about me having a red head, which I didn't. Um, so that's, 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 the, that's the narrative. No, George was never in trouble. In the second tribal, I didn't have the numbers. Um, Shawnee had stuck behind George, brought Liz in. I'm sent packing. So what's the personal dynamic with George? Because I feel like it's a little discordant in that he says you never had a conversation. Obviously, it's getting a little heated at the tribal council, but in your voting confessional and then your exit confessional, you say, like, no hard feelings. It's just banter. Like, where did it really sit with you? Because he's your strategic target, but I'm, I'm kind of unsure where it was sitting personally. What my what my are you referring to, just to be clear, are you first you're referring to my personal dynamic with George? Yeah, so, just like on the island. Okay, look, in, in short, I didn't share too many conversations with George, and I didn't want to share. He's not someone that I wanted to play the game with. He, I, I saw him as a threat, and I wanted I wanted him out first. Like I'm not going to get closest. I, I didn't want to get close to him. I didn't want him impacting my game. I wanted to dictate terms to him. I had him on toast. He was going home. He slammed his way back into the game. In terms of our dynamic, I don't like. I don't think he's as great a player as perhaps what um, he might. He might. It might be the narrative might be. Um, in terms of my personal feelings about him, I don't have any. I don't know the guy personally, but I'm just so different in my daily being and who I am as a human than what he is. And he's just not someone that I'd socialize or take the time to get to know in real life. So I can't. Chen, I don't have a poker face. I don't fake things. I'm not pretentious. And um, you saw that on the show, Shen. So I didn't want to play the game. I didn't want him dictating terms to me. I just don't roll like that. So that's that's the way I saw the dynamics. No, nothing more than that. What did you think about, like, going away from the George of all, being cast as a villain? It was something where we were like, is it just because you're a journalist? And, like, as a fellow journalist, I'm like, it feels like they're just kind of pigeonholing journalists. Was that, like, a very fitting title? Did you feel like what were your feelings about being a villain? Shen, I, have, I did listen to your podcast, and I have been listening to your podcast over the past, short while and I heard you talk about me and saying things about me regarding, oh, who's this guy? He's a journalist, blah, 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 blah. Um, look, we, it's very clear that they, they wanted to get people with with jobs, real estate, journalism, that perhaps don't have the best public persona. Um, in terms of being on, which is not true, um, being a journalist in my everyday life, I'm very ethical. I have a lot of integrity, a lot of morals, a lot of values. And um, a lot of strong relationships, like believe it or not, um, I love being a villain. Um, but in terms of they, they, they really drummed up the whole journalistic side of it, and whatever they wanted a narrative. That's the that's the way the game goes. Um, but there's a, a lot softer edge, a lot more. There's a high level of empathy and care and gentleness that 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 I have. But there was just every interaction that was out there was. Which is completely so far removed from who I was, or who I am, basically. 
yeah it seems like it was just like not the 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 try vibe was not like the right thing and it just kind of came down to to those personality clashes in terms of of where well, it kind of so, all went so wrong. many different personalities shen and like i say like i didn't go out there to talk about instagram to get followers shen um i didn't go out there to not play the game and like i've said to the five podcasts from america um and like they acknowledge like they love the gameplay like my gameplay was just to play the play in front of me who's the biggest threat shen you're out in survivor shen george is there you're going to send him home or you going to let him play the game i completely agree with you i think that george is not a great shield for many and he's he's erratic and chaotic thing, i get yeah. it yeah i don't roll with shield but anyway if it wasn't george it was shawnee and then after that the plan was to take a step back slow down go underwater and just let the game evolve but initially I needed high energy. I wanted to take out both of them. And that was the plan. I, t- I totally see it. I mean, I think with someone like George, even Simon was saying it, like if you don't get him out early, then he's the cockroach. He will make it to the end. And I, I and you'll totally get momentum. I, I didn't, want him, I didn't yeah. want him to get momentum in the game. I wanted him, I wanted him to feel smothered and pressured that shit. There's a player here that, that, has, that doesn't buy my rubbish. That is a major threat to me, even though he won't admit it. Um, he, he's never felt that type of pressure that I brought to him. And hence why you saw him go, that's why you saw him launch some personal attacks. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree. I definitely think that taking out George is a very legitimate early move. Just a last question, because I know you're such a fan and it would have meant a lot for you to go out. I know you were playing for your mother as well. Like, do you feel that you captured a lot of what you wanted from that experience and, and could like play a lot of the game that you want and, and tick some of those things off the bucket list that so many people never get to do? Yeah, Shane, I, I mean, the short answer is yes. I played Survivor and I'm now official Australian Survivor player. Um, however, of course, I wanted to go like make a merge or, you know, have a reward that was like an amazing thing. But I'm not a player that was thinking about day two, four or six. I'm just playing for the moment and what's in front of me. You know, I wanted to go deeper. I know production was disappointed that um, I haven't gone deeper and I didn't go deeper. Um, but you can only play what's in front of you. And I did that. And I have zero regrets. Shen. Like I literally have zero regrets. I sit here. I did as much as I possibly could to make the game move forward and to take out my biggest threats. And if that's my what I'm known for, then so be it. You know, I have zero regrets. I just wish that I had have done a few more fun things. But that's the way that that's what that's the way it folded for me. No hard feelings. Like here's what it is. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm really glad that you got to go out there. I wish we could have lasted a little bit longer and then see more from you. But I'm really happy that you had that experience. So thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. It was great to chat to you. Thanks, Shen. And uh no, thanks for being a, a great fan yourself. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Mimi. Thank you so much for coming on to Rob has a podcast. Really sorry to see you go last night, but I feel like in a week, you know, you got a lot done. There was a raid, there was cookies. So it, I feel like it was a big week for you. Yeah, it was definitely a big week. I feel like so much happened. I already felt like I was there for a month and it was only a week. <laughs> I can only imagine. So I wanted to ask you about your game. I noticed in your like day after video on 10 play, you mentioned a really close relationship with Fraser. So I wanted to ask you about some of those key relationships and alliances you might've had that we didn't see on screen. 
Um, I mean, to be honest, I've been saying that I definitely felt like a lone wolf going in there. So my alliances weren't that strong, but yeah, definitely made an alliance with Fraser from day one, purely because I think we were both newbies. We didn't know how to play the game. Um, and we obviously saw Geordie, Shawnee, Liz bond so quickly together, uh, and Simon, um, called them the core four. Um, so yeah, just had to bond with whoever, whoever was left really. So the, the four you saw was Liz, Shawnee, Simon, and and yeah. Jordy. Yeah, yeah. I can see that, like, yeah. kind of, like, that power structure there. Um, was there anyone that you, like, were particularly clashing with? Like, I know that we were probably feeling a little bit suffocated by the returnee's power, but was there, like, any real personality differences there? Um, yeah, probably. I, I mean, Simon was a big one for me because I have never been used to such a huge alpha male in that in that sense. Um, you know, he was the leader on how to, how we build our shelter, who gets what roles and challenges. Um, and he was quite a big presence for me, which really, um, yeah, I guess just took me by, yeah, I was just a little bit taken back, I guess. Um, also Stevie just did Mm. not get along with him purely because I think one, because he was kind of Simon's sidekick. So that didn't gel well with me. And then two, I think just his mannerisms towards myself, I very, I don't know about anybody else, but I very much just like when somebody tells me how to feel, which is um, how he was towards me. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely noticed that there was like that conversation at camp, then obviously at the tribal council where it feels like there are like miscommunications happening or just like really not getting along or understanding each other. So I feel like I, I definitely saw that in terms of like the, the core four, as you refer to them, for me, I kind of feel like while they have been running things in that kind of like power struggle and they disagree very much on a lot of things, like there's kind of Shawnee and Lizard side. And then obviously Simon and Geordie with the personality clash that you feel with Simon, where do you feel like you would have been leaning? Like if that ever comes to some sort of war, would you have been more like with Shawnee and Liz or would some other relationships would say like Geordie, for example, have pulled you more over to the guys? Um, it's really tough to say because as much as Simon and I do clash, I actually did see us working together in the future if I had stayed on. Um, I think there's a lot of variables that we need to consider, who comes in, what stage are we at. Mm. Um, I would have actually liked to think that I would have actually worked with all of them in some respect, um, just depending on the situation. Yeah, for sure. So a big thing that we saw was the raid where you kind of get into it with George about not, 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 not destroying an entire shelter for the heroes. Um, so yeah, what were you thinking through that? Like how much of it was just on like pure morality? Like let's not take these people's home away from them. Like how much was like the strategic side, as you pointed out. And then after the fact, considering it had been such a big moment, was this, was it something that you looked back on and maybe regretted at all? Uh, I didn't regret it because I spoke my mind. I mean, it was kind of a, a natural reaction for me. Um, I know you probably, and I saw you talking tribal, you probably didn't think that it was very smart to do. Um, however, I also kind of, I guess, wanted to represent myself in a way that I wasn't going to be a pushover. Um, I would have been happy to be a number for someone had mm. I had a reason to align with them and for that vote. But yeah, I think I just wanted to mark my territory a little bit as well being a newbie too. For sure. I mean, in terms of George in general, he's been like such a big name that we hear all the time on the Villains Tribe. What was your relationship like with him and your perspective on him this whole time? We actually gelled pretty well on day one. Um, I think it was just really unlucky for us villains with the series of events, you know, 
Jackie going out so in such an awful manner. Yeah. Then Angelie would have actually loved to keep Angelie. Um, didn't I didn't personally want to um, vote her out with Jackie not coming back that evening. Mm. Uh, so that was a really tough one. But, yeah, George and I actually got along pretty well from the beginning, but I kind of just wished I made decisions quicker and aligned with him quicker and confirmed that alliance earlier. So, yeah. Yeah, we saw that definitely. He was like trying to save you in the vote where you went home. So I feel like there definitely could have been some connective tissue there with him. You you mentioned the vote where you all choose to vote. It has to be unanimous. And that was something you didn't really want to do in that moment. Like, because you you did, as you said, you had like the courage of your convictions the whole time. Was it, did you just not feel like on day two, this is the time to be like, guys, we're not voting out like a second person. Did you feel like at that point, like the tide was so far to making that vote against Anjali and choosing to do it, that it wasn't something you felt that you could kind of put your hand up for? If you watch the episode back, I actually didn't put my hand up. So oh, I, so you shouldn't I, have voted uh, then. It had to, it had to be I, unanimous. Eventually, eventually I came. Yeah. It was one versus 11. Yeah. Sorry, one versus 10. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it took me a little bit of time to um, be swayed with the crowd, I guess. But yeah, I actually said, no, I didn't want her to go. You said you would have wanted to work with Anjali. Who would you have wanted to go earlier on other than her? I, to be honest, I would have liked to see one of the returnees go. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. It's hard with that experience level. And then what about like the Michael vote? Was that something that you were on board with in, in terms of like your relationship with him? Would you have rather it went in a different direction there? Uh, yeah. For me personally, that vote was based on actually how he contributed to the tribe. He wasn't a teammate at all, um, you know, with our food, getting the fire going, with the shelter. He was kind of just floating around um, and then coming in when the work was done. So for me, that just was not, yeah, was not, was a axe. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so let's talk about going through with the cookie jar I listened to you with Khan and you said that you felt like you know we were more in it with Liz than was shown we saw Liz watching over you like a sleep demon from the great beyond which I think is going to give everyone nightmares you said that you know <laughs> that there were um, conversations that you were having with Liz so can you just talk through your perspective of, of going through the cookie jar and the way that that played out after the fact yeah so I let Liz know before I reached in there um and kind of almost asked for advice, asking, should I do it? Because she was right next to me. So um, I, yeah, asked for advice. She knew I was going to do it. And then, of course, when JLP asked her about it at Tribal, she said she witnessed something. Um, I didn't want to say anything in case I was going back in the game to preserve that relationship. And I would have confronted her whilst going back to camp. But in that moment, for some reason, for that particular um, instance, I wanted to keep my mouth shut, I guess. Yeah. What was your relationship with Liz? Because she's obviously another newbie woman. You have like a connection where you feel you can tell about the cookie job. And then she's also spreading your name around and we'll, you know, get to that tribal council as well, where it feels like she and Shawnee have quite a say on you eventually going home. Had you been close with her? Uh, we were neutral. Um, from day uh, on day one, we spoke a few words and I felt like there was a little bit of a connection, but not enough. And especially not enough to um, take her a little bit away from Shawnee. I feel like their co connection was just so strong from the very beginning. Was that obvious to everyone that they, the blondes, as they call oh. them, the shiz, were, were walking around together? Definitely. I mean, they're both Tauruses, right? <laughs> so they literally, 
stuck together like magnets from day one. Yeah, impossible to get past that astrology read. But then, so then at that tribal council, it really felt live. Like it really felt like you came in, not going home. And then the conversation started. And I felt like it was based on something barely like nothing. I, I truly still don't understand what triggered it to that point where you're having like this conversation with Stevie, which is, it's not like so super important. And then everything changes. And I know that that's probably on the other players more than you, but from your perspective, like, why do you feel like it turned like that? Do you feel that it really was a tribal council decision, which would, you know, correlate with what we saw and just why? Cause I'm so confused by it. When I was there at tribal council, I definitely thought that um, they had all lied and they put on that performance at tribal council. But then watching it back now and obviously knowing more information of what the whispers were actually about, Mm. it did seem like it changed three times throughout that tribal council. And with with how the show and the episode aired, it did look like it was just in that split moment Shani changed her mind and she was able to sway people. Yeah, it was chaotic because I I feel like it kind of came from nowhere because I still, I mean, the yeah. conversation you're having with Stevie is about like trust and loyalty. I just, I, I, I don't know. I guess I'm still reckoning with the fact that I don't understand why that, like I, I got it more with Michael, like we're seeing kind of that push and maybe that was even more from beforehand. But with you, I truly didn't understand why it was changing in that moment. You're going to have to ask her that when um, <laughs> yeah. you speak to her, whatever that might be. But also, even if, you know, she didn't like my attitude in that moment, I don't know why that would have bothered her with Stevie because Stevie was trying to get her out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not sure on that one. No, I completely agree. When, you know, two of you are there kind of half arguing at tribal council and one of you has a four-year vendetta against Shawnee and it's not you. So for me, that's like a... A confusing decision to go for you there but I wanted to ask as well you know being a villain we were a little bit confused about this in the preseason I mean I think we saw like you know having to be in like the big bad world of like luxury um car PR representation and like kind of like a man's world and all of that I really appreciated the like the suit pants that you had on there with, <laughs> with the photos um do you feel like it was an accurate status for you because we also saw some of those like heroic courage of your conviction tendencies come out I definitely think I could have been on both tribes, to be honest, but with the villain tribes, definitely a different kind of villain as you would have seen um, compared to the rest. Um, but, yeah, I definitely would have liked to see how I would have gone on the on the heroes tribe. Um, yeah. How did the opportunity come about? Like were you a big fan of the show? Like had you seen much of it or was it something that they found you obviously through the incredible stuff that you've done with the, the boxing and, and PR and everything like that. Yeah, I actually did apply. So I applied and um, inside info, I was actually auditioning for blood versus water first, oh. but I didn't, I didn't suit the theme. So I, yeah, didn't hear from them for a little while. Um, and then they literally called me up for heroes versus villains. Amazing. Amazing news for everyone still applying that they're, is hope that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Well, thank you so much, Mimi, for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope it was a great experience for you. So thank you for talking to me. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye.
there you have it, everyone. I feel like we got some important insights from the exit interviews, just hearing it from the perspective of the people voted out and just kind of getting more of a sense of them as well and how the tribe dynamics were playing out, I think is really important. So something to think about for when I talk to Marianne in less than an hour at this point. So that recap should be out soon. Hope that you enjoy these exit interviews. Talking Tribal is out as well. Hope that you'll check that out. It's been really fun being back on set and I've really been enjoying that. So follow me at Shannon Gates where I'm putting out all the content. Subscribe to the International Survivor Hap-Ups feed so you don't miss any of the RHAP stuff. And we have a big season ahead. Always grateful for you for being with me on the journey. Thank you for listening to these exit interviews and I will see you on the recap. Bye. Australian Survivor. 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 21 South African. 12 ordinary Australians. 16 New Zealanders. 1,000,000 Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.